Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello! We've got the show's namesake. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. He's not. He's a. Uh, oh. Nope, nope. He's on assignment. But running right the boards is Joey D's. Hey. Hi. <laughs> on today's show, we will talk with a character artist who is local to the Pacific Northwest. Does some amazing stuff. So I'm so happy to have him on. We will also be talking about well, what's going on in the Marvel universe when it comes down to shows being delayed, shows showing up that we weren't expecting, movies being pushed back, all of the crazy stuff that's Give going me the on info. with that. Well, I'll give you some of that, but uh, then after that, we'll talk to you, Vicky, because we'll have the geek sheet with Vicky B. Deal. (laughs) Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search for us on BJ Shay's Geek. (laughs) Just search for us, BJ Shay's Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes. Yeah. And you will find us. Yeah, just Google it. Google. Yeah, just make okay. sure make sure you put BJ Shea's Geek Nation, not yeah. just like BJ and anything like that. That gets weird. No, I mean you actually can still find us. Oh, I, really? Yeah, especially because we're just uh, was it BJ Geek Nation? No. Oh. Yeah, bjgeeknation at uh, gmail.com is a good way to email right. us. And, uh, and then Twitter right. and then Instagrams. <laughs> All these things. Uh, let's get right into this interview because I love the fact when people want to pour their their hearts and souls into their, most of the time, their RPG characters. Like when they create these elaborate backstories and then they're trying to find, maybe they're searching on Google or any search engine and trying to find that perfect picture that encapsulates their character. And damn it, they just can't find it. A lot of the times, it's very hard to find that specific picture that you want that has just the right thing with all of that. Well, there's artists out there that will make them for you, and the people trying to do that to make their living with through their art. And fortunately enough for uh, all of us, BJ was over at Zulu's Board Game Cafe and was able to uh, find this person, and I had the chance to talk with him. With me today is someone that BJ found at one of his favorite places to board game, which is Zulu's Board Game Cafe. We've got Dolan Pondsmith with us. Dolan, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm doing really good. And I'm really interested in talking with you because um, I found out about this. BG let me know. And I was really stoked because looking at what you do, and you can find Dolan. It's really super easy. Uh, Just go to Facebook.com. Check out Dolan625. Dolan625. And uh, we'll put links up on all of our Facebook page and social media and everything as well. But you do character concepts uh, and character uh, design. Um, for just anything really at this point, correct? Yes, I ha- I do a lot of commission work. And uh, I noticed a lot of them seem to kind of dwell into the realm of fantasy and RPG. And it looks like you're doing uh, maybe D&D characters and stuff like that. Is, is that kind of where that came to be? Uh, yes, uh, actually, even a good variety of them came from D&D players. I actually have a uh, D&D group going on right now and I'll be doing a uh, another D&D party fairly soon. But uh, it's not just D&D. I definitely try to expand a little bit more so that way I can get what everybody and anybody wants in their commissions because, you know, they're trying to get their characters to come to life and that's my job. Uh-huh. I want to make sure that their vision comes to life. 
And that's one of the coolest things, too, is when you see and you give somebody, uh, you know, a little bit of our direction of what they're looking forward to. And then you see that come to life. That's got to it's got to make people super happy. And I know it's made me stoked when I've seen my characters in the past come to life. Um, And that's got to be a little bit of the joy when you get to see, you know, how the people react to that as well. Oh, absolutely. I love seeing their faces brighten up and a happy customer, of course, is always a good customer, but at the same time, just <laughs> I I wanted to do this sort of thing specifically because I always came across situations where I would be in a RPG or a video game sort of thing, and they're trying to make their characters and they try to design them the way they want them, and then they get really frustrated. Um, and of course, during my youth, during high school, I was one of the primary sort of art kids mm. in my group. So I always had my friends asking me like, Hey, um, I can't find a good enough picture that matches the description. Do you think you can like make something? And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Cause I, I pretty much never went out of my way to go find examples as much as I could just draw my example. And then I wouldn't have to worry about trying to find anything. <laughs> that is perfect. I mean, it's the best way to put it. So what got you, uh, got you into art in the first place? Was it, was it school? Uh, what got you into it? It was actually my grandmother. Uh, my really? grandmother was an artist before I was. And one of the things that we used to do all the time when I was very young was that she would actually do art with me. Wow. And she was an absolutely phenomenal artist. She also did like stained glass windowing of all things. And uh, there's a church somewhere down in Corpus Christi, Texas, where she did uh, a massive stained glass window commission herself. Wow, that is amazing. It's just it's kind of cool to see the the lineage and uh, where it comes from on, on that sort of stuff. <laughs> have you Yeah, no, she was definitely talented. Uh, have you tried to do any uh stained glass work yourself yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, especially especially with my track record of accident prone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe glass isn't the the best medium on that. <laughs> yeah no what oh, is uh, what is the where did you start off what was your primary medium and have you kept uh doing the same uh with that or have you uh, branched out uh, i've branched out quite a bit but i do a lot of traditional mediums uh my starting off of course was a pencil and ink um but then i expanded actually to copic markers um i love the stuff it, it was a great way to sort of blend colors and a gradient without too much uh, of the classic marker effect. Oh, okay. Um, and from there, I then finally started being like, okay, I need to stop being a crybaby and actually, you know, practice with paints. Uh, <laughs> paints are rough. Pretty- like I've tried to do like some minor, minor, minor stuff. And I'm not just talking about like painting minis, but just a little bit of work. And it seems it, it was difficult for me as a, a complete and utter amateur it's you it always it always starts <laughs> off rough uh luckily i had a good sort of draw or line foundation more often than not which is always just a good idea for any art piece is just to have a good solid foundation and to know where you're going uh of course color theory comes in into play very shortly after but yeah no uh went straight into what uh into watercolor actually uh as because it's the most forgiving of the paints <laughs> And then acrylic a little bit here and there. And then I finally, again, started being like, okay, I need to stop being such a big baby. Um, (laughs) And started getting into more actual digital art. I'm definitely late on the uh, digital art train. But, you know, with competition nowadays being primarily uh, digital art in the industry, Uh, you know, you mm -hmm. just... 
you gotta, you gotta take what you can get and you gotta jump on board when you can. So that way you can learn and keep up. But you know, that's the exciting, that's the exciting fun of it all. (laughs) Always having a chance to just expand and get better, but also just enjoy learning constantly yeah and it's fun too because i mean at this point like the constant learning and uh doing commissions for people means you're constantly practicing and just looking at the art that you've that you've seen that i've been able to see and with the with what you have up on the website and just all of that it looks i mean the stuff looks fantastic and i I did want to ask you if somebody comes to you i would kind of like to know like maybe like the do's and don'ts when you're approaching someone to do art commission because I always feel awkward about that. I know some people are as well, um, but they do really respect the artists and they want them to do something, um, but maybe uh, aren't you know socially adept enough to know how to kind of approach these things. How do you feel about when people approach you on these? I mean, I'm always excited, honestly, when I have people approach me, but that's just because... Uh, I get an opportunity to get to know and to bring to life somebody else's character or somebody else's ideas. Uh, I've been, I've been fortunate for the most part to have a lot of friends and family who really enjoy art and are more than supportive, but also uh, (laughs) definitely have like some art pieces and commissions of their own with some other games. But Mm -hmm. when I know, I know, I know how hard it is for people to approach because there, there is definitely sort of like a, a stigma between where somebody might think that they're, and this is like things that I've done to myself already. I'm like, oh man, I love their art so much and I would love a commission from them. But sometimes, you know, the prices just seem yeah. way too expensive or, and you know, I don't, I don't want to talk to somebody and try to bargain someone's artwork. Exactly. Just so that, yeah. way, just so that way I could have a piece or something. Because this is someone else's livelihood. This is somebody else's work and hard effort to try and bring something to life and to make a living off of it. Um, yeah, you but. Know- I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess it's a really good point though, because like, I mean, if somebody like you're putting all of your work and if you're getting an original piece, like, I think, I guess maybe people need to understand that all of that work, like you just said, is being put into it. And essentially maybe like you could afford a print or something like that. If you can't really afford the full work on a commission piece like that, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's one reason why, uh, when I do get customers, I ask specifically at the very beginning, if, uh, we have rights to sell them, sell prints oh. off and stuff like that. Um, it's like $10 off of the uh, picture itself. If I'm allowed to uh, record and uh, make prints of it. Oh. So that way, you know, other people could enjoy the picture if they really like it. I mean, I recently did a Zodiac, uh, a whole Zodiac series mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, by, sorry, it wasn't for anybody else aside for myself. <laughs> Because yeah, I I love those sort of things, but I also had once upon a time again history lesson uh, about <laughs> Dolan Pondsmith and her nerd dump. Uh, I had a I had run a game once, actually entirely based off of the historical mythos of each of the Zodiac members. Oh, wow. and there was like this whole adventure and such like that, and you know having to fight the entity of chaos and just all 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 this other shabam and figuring out more about the titans war versus the gods and all that oh that Um, is some deep mythology stuff that's amazing oh oh yeah absolutely i 
I guess that's that's the other thing. If I try, if I'm making stuff specifically of my own origins or things that I've worked really in depth with somebody else, I really try to put in the hundred percent effort to make sure that there's a real big story behind them because every every character has a story. And it's just like, it's their story. And I have to make sure that I know what sort of story is being presented through that picture. Like when, I, when I'm talking to people, I'm like, okay, tell me about their personality or tell me a little bit of something they've done in the past. Like, how oh, did they yeah. get this scar? And that's, I mean, that's a really good point too, because it's more than just, oh, they're, you know, for, you know, for D&D, it's like, they're not just this race in this class and this is their favorite outfit to wear. You're really kind of digging deep because you want to even get maybe, you know, maybe they're a swashbuckler. So you're adding in a little bit of those facial expressions that would lean into that. Uh, def- uh, definitely. But uh, also having to do things like with clothing design. Uh, there was there was a piece that I did a little bit ago. Uh, you may have seen it. It was definitely at Zulu's um, where there's this guy with this large uh, red sort of magma like dragon behind him. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. and of course you see him. He's dressed in his armor, but his armor and the dragon scales actually match because it's a representation of the fact that they're one and the same person. Uh, so, Ooh. you know, you have the scars that match the coloration palette that matches uh, he's essentially one of our, uh, in one of the stories that we have, uh, my friends and I, we have this whole story where it's, he's a void God, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's the entity of destruction and everything like that. He's not the nicest guy, but he's like, not the worst, <laughs> but he's supposed to, he's supposed to be a very powerful, intimidating entity of just raw magic and power and strength so everything about the entity is supposed to be kind of sharp and like a volcano, a, you know, a destructive force, a necessary force, as as it were, for creation. Wow, but yeah. He, but the way he takes on this duty is very paladin-like, where it's, it's, not, it's not just because he's a, you know, chaotic entity who just likes destroying everything or whatnot. It's it's actually an overall thing for the good of all creation. Damn, that's you some know. that's some really like, yeah, that's like over the head stuff. I love that just because the devotion of a paladin, even if it's towards chaos, I mean, yeah, it makes sense, especially the way you're explaining it on that. And I mean, right now I've been running a tiefling paladin in one of my campaigns, and kind oh of oh my god, oh yeah, it's kind of rolling that sort of like line on that. And that might be someone I need to uh, talk to you about because you know it's really hard to find tiefling paladin mm-hmm. art. <laughs> oh my god yeah you're right Al- almost everybody likes doing either tiefling uh tiefling rogues tiefling warlock uh or um tiefling oh gosh what was the last one there's one last one uh, usually they're casters oh, i found out yeah sorcerer <laughs> that's what i was thinking just because of course uh racial bonus plus mm-hmm. cast uh uh class bonus it just helps power tank them up a bit yeah and with with my character it was all literally it was like what would be the best anti-icon of like uh propaganda for the church it would be look at we converted this demon into a paladin and that's my whole concept of the character (laughs) very nice very nice so i love i love those sort of stories where you have something that because you know you always think of one thing when you see just the first visual of what you see mm -hmm. and then and then finding out that there's, of course, layers to everything. It doesn't 
those layers just help you define and understand whether or not that person may be evil or not. Like, <laughs> spoiler alerts, like Thanos. Um, uh, Thanos. Oh, you're just you know, bring, you're bringing up my favorite MCU character. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, right. Uh, so, like, there's a lot of layers behind him. He actually was once upon a time actually a very pacifistic kid, and it wasn't it wasn't until you know he got manipulated and influenced by lady death that eventually he started going down the path of dark and you know he essentially she became in a way his god his goal his everything to where he destroyed everything and became the entity and the evil that we know as death but we don't know what lady death of course actual real agenda is aside from you know death but Mm -hmm. like Without life, there cannot be death. So it's just like, hmm. It's yeah. It's like I mean, they they kind of skim over it in the uh, in the movies, but you really just succinctly put together exactly what he was about in the comics. And oh, I love that so much. I'm like literally staring at my Infinity Gauntlet collection right now as you talk about this, and uh, you're giving me goosebumps. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> yeah. But that's but that's like the sort of thing that I look up. Like if somebody is like trying to make a a Marvel OC, right? Mm-hmm. I and they're like, well, you know, they're sort of mixed up with all this stuff and this stuff. You know, I will admit, I have, I've, I, I was young once too. <laughs> I, I, I had my, I had my Mary Sue OCs and such like that. Oh yeah. Which is why I like really extra stress on being like, okay, let's try to make a good story and a good reason as to how this exists and how this happened, instead of just being like. <laughs> Because I can. <laughs> it, it's just space magic. It just works. Don't worry about it. Oh, my God. That phrase. <laughs> it just works. <laughs> Dolan, this has been an absolute treat. I love everything that you're doing. I love your art. I love how deeply geeky you are. And, I mean, you're a perfect person to be on this show. So, again, people can find you. Uh, if you just search for Dolan Pondsmith, it's really easy because all the links uh, pop up right away. But if you go to Dolan625 on Facebook, and we'll put up the links for your website as well. It's a big, long uh, URL, so I want to make sure and just let everyone link to that. Uh, we'll get everyone uh, out there to check those out one final question do you do care not even character i guess i mean they do have character but do you do portraits of uh, pets maybe cats oh heck yeah all I right to. <laughs> i might have to uh i might have to get you uh get a, a commission from you for uh, my cats uh frank and accounting and damn it carl get in the house very nice. I mean, I have a headshot, literally, of a furry were- red werewolf guy. So, <laughs> are furries pets? Well, I mean, maybe in some certain aspects. I mean, depends on what your kink is. Don't um, <laughs> seriously. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, just check out Dolan Pondsmith. You can find it. It's very easy to check out. If you just want to go to our Facebook page, we've got links to uh, the the stuff that they've been doing. And uh, some of that character art is amazing. And I'm serious. I'm probably going to have to figure out a way to get my cats incorporated into some sort of uh, art. Yeah. Yay. Wait, steampunk cats or oh, yeah, business steam- cats? Uh, steampunk cats, probably. Like Meiji Magic the Gathering cats? Oh, yeah. I could do wizard cats. Oh, there's like, yeah. Just do it based on their personalities. Um, have, crazy. Have, uh, what is it, Damn it, Carl get in the house, dress up as Carl from yes, The Walking Dead? Yes, yes. Uh, or, yeah, just, yeah, um, surly and dumb. Uh, 
Well, that's maybe just a little bit mean to say it about my cats, but yeah. Oh, I thought you were describing yourself now. Rude. (laughs) Sorry, had to. It was easy. Yeah, I know. Moving on from that, lots of crazy things are happening in the Marvel Universe. Um, Things are being, (laughs) well, I mean, we're just not talking about the storylines. We're talking about trying to get the shows out. Everything because of COVID has being delayed. There are shows that aren't even like in the MCU that are just straight up like being canceled because you just can't record. Um, or they've been shut down for amounts of time. We talked about Batman in the past. We talked mm-hmm. about Stumptown in the past that are either being delayed uh, or just straight up canceled. Well, we've got a list of the Disney release changes, and there's a bunch of them, but these are the ones that really kind of affect us, the nerds. Uh, first off, Black Widow was supposed to come out in May. Now it has been pushed to uh, May of next year. Wow. It was going to come out hopefully in November, but they're just pushing it back. And I think it goes along the same lines of like having to deal with like Mulan. Um, they pushed that out there. and still, it, it did not do well. It didn't, but also a lot of people were watching it on Disney+. Plus. But I, I just heard a lot of crap on it. Like it wasn't as good as they were expecting it. Yeah, and I mean a lot of people are just pissed because it didn't have Mushu in it, mm-hmm. which yeah. kind of makes sense on that. But um, like, are you really supposed to have Eddie Murphy come back into this movie? It doesn't make sense. Or like, just a big dragon when it's a... I think it's a phoenix. Although, uh, um, uh, I'm just checking on Rotten Tomatoes because I was curious because I just saw like a bunch of people on Facebook just crap all over it. It is certified fresh at 75%, but the audience score was 51%. Ooh, so unfresh. Uh, next up on this is uh, Eternals, which uh, has a lot of people going on it. Salma Hayek. Yes! Kumail Nanjiani, and uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys if you guys saw the picture of him like beefed out. Oh, yeah. Wow, like, yeah, they make sure, like, I, they could make, they could give me a six-pack. Like, cast me for something. I don't know what you could cast me in. Thanos. Modoc. Well, they already did Thanos. And not Modoc. <laughs> Modoc doesn't have a six-pack. No, I was listening to uh, What's-His-Face earlier. Pat Oswald on my way into work. Yeah, he voices And he's going to be voicing him. So that's why I thought of Modoc first thing. Nothing against you. Yeah, I'm sure. The Eternals was previously dated to be February of 2021. And now it has moved to November of 2021. Basically kind of like a six-month bump on that. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was previously dated for May of 2021, only moving two months to July. So you don't have to really wait that long. And there's, I mean, subject to change on all of this. I mean, to be perfectly honest, we have no idea what's going to happen next year. Hopefully we'll be able to reopen stuff. But, I mean, if if they don't, then maybe they'll just be on Disney Plus and we can kind of deal with that. I'm down for Disney Plus. Right. Same. I'm very excited for that. Now, here's something that I didn't even expect at all. It looks like Sam Jackson is going to play Nick Fury in a what? new Marvel Disney Plus series. Now, obviously, plot details, we have no idea because they're being kept under wraps. But multiple sources say Jackson is attached to star, to star with Kyle Bradstreet. And uh, as Bradstreet will write and executive produce. At this point, nothing else. Nobody is really commenting on it yet. Um, but we did see the last time we saw him uh, was in the post credit scenes from Far From Home when he was on board a scroll ship somewhere in deep space. And there were, it was Sword, wasn't it? Yeah, Sword it's is like their... Shield, yeah, Sword. Yeah, yeah, so Shield is like the one to protect uh, uh, the Earth. 
and Sword, 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 Sword is out there to, I guess, protect the universe. Like, yeah, exactly. Sword and Shield is uh, kind of how they're going with that. Uh, so it'll I, be kind of fun to see where they want to go with that. I really think it's going to be something that's more present day as opposed to past, kind of like Captain Marvel was based in the like 80s, 90s. Um Mostly because I'm guessing that CGI to make him look younger, even though he's not a bad looking dude, yeah. is still expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt on that. Uh, and then finally, on that aspect, uh, another Disney Plus show, Marvel's Moon Knight has begun casting uh, for two main roles. And they're okay. not the Moon Knight role, but the, they're a couple of his um, sidekicks, so to speak. Uh, you know, the lesser ones. And something along the lines of like Foggy and Karen on the gotcha. shows. So they're casting Moon Knight as well. It'll be interesting to see where they go with all of that. Hmm. I know. I like, don't know anything about Moon Knight except for that little, it's a clip from a comic that gets passed around. The, the Dracula one? The Dracula one. I don't even think I can say it. No, no, no. But it's like, hey, you big nerd, where's my money? <laughs> and it's so funny. And Moon Knight is one of those characters that um, is sort of on the mystical side. Moon Knight gets his powers from an Egyptian god. Okay. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see where they go with all of that. Uh, no words on the casting of the main character mm-hmm. at this point in time. And I'm sure that we'll get more hype as they're going along with it. I know you're here, Dracula, you big effing nerd. Where's my GD money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I straight up in- love that. If they don't include that, then I'm not watching it. Oh, is that <laughs> is that your uh, hot, uh, hot take on that one? That's my hot take slash requirement. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we need some more hot takes from you. So uh, let's get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what's going on? So there are many a times they'll announce a movie, even sometimes before the, the, the first or the second movie come out. They're like, we have plans for the third one. It's going to be this. And then oh, yeah. kind of implying like the whole Spider-Man thing with Andrew Garfield. We're supposed to get the Sinister Six. That's right. I mean, the whole second movie led into that. And but it was, was hot garbage. Oh, it was such a turd that uh, they just gave up on all of that and then decided uh, that to make um, non-Spider-Man movies in the Spider-Verse, right. which we've seen with Venom, which I'll be honest, I finally watched. And yes. if you love, if you love the '90s comic book version of Venom. You will probably love this. I keep loving all the little, char- like I get the little commercials and trailers advertising, and I'm like, okay, I it's, really want to watch this. It's. I had no expectations, and I was actually very pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, I know it's on Stars right now, mm-hmm. so if you have that edition for like your Hulu or your Amazon Prime, you can go ahead and check it out. Um, it's it's a fine sitting at home when you've got not a whole lot to do. Maybe you've seen just every don't take other it movie. too seriously, kind of. A do thing. not take it seriously at all. But it is a fun romp. Awesome. Uh, well, there are many superhero movies that have been announced, but. Many we probably won't ever get to see. Oh, yeah. I got a list of a bunch, and some of these really bum me out. One of them, I want to know if they've done this, because we've gotten a lot of Superman movies, but the one that really was trying to be pushed was Nick Cage's Superman, where he was supposed to be Superman. Uh, He was getting all ready for it. I mean, hell, he named his child Kal-El. He wanted this more than even being Ghost Rider. And I think they even had, like, the mock-up of his costume, and it never came to light. So these are more, quote-unquote, recent. Okay, good. So it wouldn't be that. Yeah, this was, like, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, I think it was kind of, it was, yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah, 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 Tim Burton was going to direct it, so I don't even know what to expect at that point. That's why I was excited for it, because I'm like, Nick Cage wasn't as uh, infamous as he is now. 
back in the 90s, but he was still a little goofy. Google the picture of Nick Cage in the Superman costume. It is not good. It is not a good look. Even if they cut his hair and made him look all like, even at his like sexiest, quote unquote, I, I'm not personally a f- oh. one to, to think of Nick Cage as sexy. Yeah. I mean, that, he's, he's not a bad looking dude, but I, I'm like not thinking of him as Superman material. So shiny. Like, Henry Cavill could lose like a hundred pounds of muscle and still be a better Superman. Extra shiny, Superman. like like the costume is just rubber, and it's he is Tim so, Burton. So so pale. Oh yeah, so, so pale. It's like doesn't he get his powers from the sun? He can have a little tan. Oh dear. Uh, but one of the movies, and it's actually a, a director who's known for doing things kind of dark, not unlike Tim Burton. Okay. But usually does cooler stuff than that no uh guillermo del guillermo del i'm trying to like say it both in spanish and english so my brain's just like guillermo guillermo del toro there you go guillermo del toro Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) justice league dark oh this is gonna have like constantine and stuff right it's gonna have a swamp thing zatanna john constantine nice um and everyone was super excited when they revealed it in the early 2010s that uh, Guillermo del Toro was had written a screenplay and was prepared to direct a feature version. And even del Toro was excited about it. And he was telling comicbook.com, it's like, I love Dead Man. I love Demon. I love Swap Things. Zatanna. That's a universe is, is one thing. And I'm very attracted to that side of DC Universe. And I would love, I, I'm totally cool with like more Guillermo del Toro doing superhero-y type comic book movies. Like Hellboy. Say what you will, it was still fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the second one all the way through, but oh, I still was having so, fun. The second one's so beautiful. Yeah. Just the golden army and everything. Right. And they did come out with the Justice League Dark movie. But it was animated, wasn't but it? But it was animated in 2017. So if you still want your fix on the uh, yes. Supernatural and the DC Universe, you can you can watch that one. Uh, I would love uh, to see a Zatanna it, like, come mm-hmm. in in live action. Yeah. I like witches and magic and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's they just never really did anything with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, another one was David Goyer's X-Men Origins Magneto. So the origin series was supposed to be multiple. <laughs> like we had yeah. Wolverine Origins and that was... Did that really just kill it all? I'm guessing. Like, I thought, <laughs> it had yeah, to. <laughs> like Magneto would have been a very interesting one. Uh, just because you see a lot of it, a little bit of it in the uh, in the movies, um, in the like, first class, yeah, in the b- very beginning, mm-hmm. um, kind of dealing with his uh, upbringing, or at least the 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 pinpoints of time mm-hmm. that really kind of affected him and how they would create the character. But yeah, like Wolverine just neutered, yeah. like but any of those. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair. So even before X-Men Origins Wolverine hit theaters, Fox, Fox executives caught wind that the film might not live up to its hype <laughs> and put Magneto on hold until they can assess the damage. Test screenings. So few superhero films have have been as disappointing as Wolverine was, but that spelt doom for Magneto. And in the end, several concepts of the proposed film went into 2011's X-Men First Class that was directed by Matthew Vaughn and starring Michael Fassbender, which I think... As much as like I, I I like going into Magneto's backstory, but I feel like it's almost like the Uncle Ben thing. Like, okay, we we've, we've done we, it, we've, we've done, done it, a lot. we know, we know it. Whether it's in the comics and the cartoons, everything. So I like that when X Men First Class came out, they were able to showcase their backgrounds and also showcase. I love the relationship between Xavier and Magneto because mm-hmm. even in, in the sh- in. Uh, in the crappy uh, third uh, third, uh, third X-Men movie the X-Men 3 or whatever X3 yeah, X3 stand taller something like whatever. that whatever yeah. um, 
Magneto did like have to scold Pyro, and he's like, Xavier did more for yeah. mutant kind than you will ever know. Xavier did more for mutant kind than you will ever, d- I don't know. Something like that. But yeah. basically, he's like, I would have killed him. And it's like, no, that wasn't the point. And it just shows that it's, they are on, they're fighting a war on opposite sides, but there is nothing but love there. Like, yeah. they truly care about each other. This one, I don't know how I feel about this. I am both disappointed and I'm okay with it at the oh, same okay. time. Okay, all right. <laughs> and it kind of ties in a little bit with X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, so after, you know, Taylor Kitsch- Kitsch's played uh, Remy Laveau in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, a Gambit, God, that's right, he did. A Gambit solo film seemed inevitable, and he played John Carter, I believe. Yeah, and this I know the the Gambit solo film uh, has had a lot of people attached to it. I think and most famously, latest, yeah. And most famously, Channing Tatum. Yeah, yeah. Magic Mike. Who or he, a Magic Mike. He actually grew in up it. in Mississippi, and he had a lot of family that with like the yeah. had the Cajun feel, and I think there's Swamp like- people. And <laughs> there's an episode, I think, of Ellen. He did an interview or one of those talk shows, and he did his Cajun accent, and he's like, oh, my family's going to make fun of me for this because it's not <laughs> as good as theirs, <laughs> obviously, because that's their name. Yeah, because that's how they actually speak. <laughs> so this, just the how it fizzled out was the original director, uh, Rupert Wyatt, departed the project back in 2015, left a revolving door of directors, which included Doug Lemon, uh, Frank Darabont, and Gore Verbininski. Oh, wow, yeah. And each time the film was further delayed, and all while rumors persisted that Tatum himself had lost interest in playing the Raging Cajun until Gambit was left the slate of post-Disney acquisition X-Men film. So basically when... You know, Disney bought out Fox. It's like, okay, and we completely forgot. And maybe we'll get that sort of thing happening and uh, in the future. I don't know if we're going to get a Gambit standalone, but you know what? To be perfectly honest, I hope that the MCU will bring in mutants like we're all hoping. I Mm -hmm. hope they'll bring in the X-Men, and I hope that when they do that, they'll be able to bring in... uh, Fantastic Four? Well, yes, obviously for BJ, but I was just thinking like... um, Rogue. Rogue and then Gambit as part of that X-Men team. And then have them do have a story. There is rumor, and I don't know if it's true or not, that we are supposed to see Rogue as the villain in uh, Captain Marvel 2. Oh, dude, that'd be so cool. I don't know how true it is. Well, go, go Google it or I'll Google it later. Google it. Until next time, guys, <laughs> stay nerdy.